What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas on the Man Sports Talk Network. For more Cowboys articles, make sure that you check out the website, adcsports.com. We've got new articles up there every single day of the week, so make sure you check that out. And as always, remember that Primetime is brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. We will talk more about them. And the right of the week, new look, by the way, uh, in a few moments here on the show. But before we do any of that, let's talk about the Cowboys bidding the Washington Commanders for their third consecutive win. All of them with Cooper Rush at quarterback. So they've been able to scrap out these tough wins even without their starting quarterback, which is kind of impressive. So let me know in the chat. Let's get to it. What is one word to describe the Cowboys win today versus the Commanders? You know, drop your one word, whether you're watching on Facebook or YouTube. I want to hear about that because it was an odd game to watch, in my opinion. And I will tell you why. Because my word would be Comfortable. And I didn't expect that to be the case. At one point on Sunday, when the Cowboys were not letting the commanders do pretty much anything offensively, and when Michael Gallup was making plays and C.D. Lamb was also showing up, especially on that C.D. Lamb drive, which we'll discuss later on the show, I felt like, you know, yeah, the Cowboys... Even with a backup quarterback, they're supposed to win this one comfortably. And it, it, it was more than I expected, at least. 25 to 10. I don't think that at any point we were legitimately concerned about the Cowboys losing that one. Maybe when the commanders answered with a touchdown of their own and took the lead. Because, you know, at that point, the Cowboys had put some back-to-back drives that looked quite nice but didn't and in a touchdown, and that's always concerning. But even then, you we were seeing a Cowboys offense that was moving the chain. So I would go with comfortable as my one word. Let me see some of your takes here on the Facebook chat and the, and the YouTube chat. Toxic goes with expected. William Anthony says good. Asmodeo says awesome. Lexi Rice, awesome. Fun for 7-Eleven. George also would expected. Defense for Peter Rizzo and Jorge Santos. Serviceable says Bruce. Uh, Mark Tiemann says defense, defense, defense. There you go. Tony Miles. Tony Miles went with three words. But, you know, he said Legion of Doom. It's actually a pretty badass nickname for these Cowboys defense. And they're kind of they're kind of earning it too. You know, Legion of Boom plus Doomsday. I like it, Tony. I like, I like where your mind is at for sure. Let's talk about what was the very best part of it of the window. Uh, and this is my opinion. Let me know what you guys think was the best part of this win. But I am going to go with the wide receivers. And of course, I would break that down into two because the Cowboys receivers showed up for this game. C.D. Lamp, Noah Brown once more. But let me talk about Michael Gallup because he was active and despite what the Cowboys were publicly hinting, Michael Gallup wasn't 
really limited to a pitch count. He was out there for most of the game. And Michael Gallup finished the day with only two receptions for 24 yards and one touchdown. But on top of that, you need to add the yards that he produced via drawn flags because he cost two flags from the commander's secondary. And in total, you need to add 65 yards to that. So you could you could say that Michael Gallup was good for 89 yards and a touchdown for the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday versus the commanders. I think you can make that argument. And I, I mean, you know, you could say that a lot about a lot of receivers on every single game week. But I think that it's particularly true for Michael Gallup because one of them was a 38-yard gain, the flag was, and then another one was 27 yards, if I'm not mistaken. So Michael Gallup was out there making plays for the Cowboys. And then the touchdown, you know, he was running a filthy route in the end zone. He answered the bell when, when Cooper Rush looked for him in the end zone. And then, of course... And this might sound cliche, but it's true. Just his mere presence on that playing field opened up a lot of possibilities for the Cowboys offense because all of a sudden, defenses can't zero in on C.D. Lamb. They need to pay attention to the isolated receiver, and that's Michael Gallup. And I know that Dalton Schultz, the tight end, didn't show up in the stat sheet, but maybe you can say that about Dalton Schultz as well. We'll see what the what the situation was for Dalton Schultz when we get into the old 22 review. Uh, I would have loved to see him get a catch here and there. He was targeted three times, but he didn't record any any catch. But Michael Gallup made a big-time impact on the Cowboys' offense. And it's kind of a first, you know, peek at, as, as to what the Cowboys' offense can be as it continues to get healthier and healthier. And, of course, now we are eyeing that Dak Prescott return. Uh, some say it could happen as early as next week versus the LA Rams. Some people say, and that this includes Ian Rappaport from NFL Network, that the most realistic game would be that versus the Philadelphia Eagles two weeks from now. An Eagles team that, by the way, avoided an upset about after starting 14-0 versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars had a two-touchdown lead and that went to waste. So the Eagles are still undefeated. So you got to respect that about Michael Gallup. I, th I thought that that was pretty cool. I thought that he played a legit game. Let me see some of your comments on that. Uh, Modi often still has a lot to be desired, says Toxic Tom. And I want to be very clear. I fully agree with this. The Cowboys entered, entered this game as a bottom 12 offense in EPA per play. So this is not a well-oiled machine that just keeps moving the chains. It's not. And on top of that, the Cowboys have not played uh, these super contending teams. Uh, I mean, they played the Bengals, who have a pretty nice defense, to be fair. I think they have one of the most underrated defenses in the league. And they played the Giants, who also have a legit defense. But yeah, I agree that the offense still leaves a lot to be desired. And I, st and I believe, though, that based on the situation with a backup quarterback, as excited as we are about Cooper Rush, we cannot have this sky-high expectations for this offense. I'm not mad about the Cowboys not scoring 28 points in the game. 
I'm not. I'm just not going to complain right now about that. And even when we get into the play calling aspect of things, you could also criticize some stuff, uh, mainly the Cowboys running into stacked boxes. I think that would be the biggest one. But overall, I think that if we're being realistic, the Cowboys are supposed to be struggling on offense right now. By the way, speaking of backup quarterbacks and all of that, Cooper Rush, 4-0, the first Cowboys quarterback to start his career that way in Dallas. That's pretty crazy. Uh, something not, not even Roger, Roger Stelvac could do. Uh, I, I'm sure that we'll see a headline along those lines pretty soon for some reason, right? Thankfully, Rush hasn't faced a great defensive line yet, says Todd Cook. But, you know, he did face, and, and this is what I like to say about Bengals, DJ Reader and Trey Hendrickson are, you know, leading a very decent defensive line. He played versus Dexter Lawrence and Kayvon Thibodeau last week. And I know that's not the best defensive line in the NFL, but I do think those two defenses are legit, even if they're not top five or anything like that. Uh, the Giants and the Bengals are legit defenses, in my opinion. Uh, he's a backup, period, says Timothy. Exactly. Uh, Rita says the offense still needs work. Red zone scoring is horrible, but the test is coming up in the next two weeks. Matt Stafford's going to throw picks, three picks to Samuel Rowe. That is his bold prediction. Uh, maybe for I'm assuming this is for next week and not for tomorrow night because the Rams do play on Monday night football versus the San Francisco 49ers. Speaking of primetime games, Kansas City Chiefs are up already 21 to 3 as we are streaming live right now. So I didn't I didn't expect that to get uh, out of control that way. Now, of course, uh, Tom Brady is already driving down the field. We'll see what happens. Craig says he is doing his job regarding Cooper Rush. And I agree. I agree with that, man. I, I, you got to be super excited about what Cooper Rush has been doing because not a lot of backup quarterbacks will go on to win three games for you, right? Rodrigo says, do not forget that Cooper Rush beat the Rams last year, says Rodrigo. Rodrigo, although I would love for that to be the case, those were the Vikings. I think you're thinking about the Vikings there. Uh, but hey, he did beat the Vikings, and that that that's the, the first win of the four that he has in his career. But anyways, I've talked about C, I've talked about Michael Gallup as one of the very best parts of this win. But but I also need to talk about C.D. Lamb because C.D. Lamb is doing wide receiver one things. We talked about this last week. We talked about C.D.'s drop and all of that and how it's inexcusable. But we also talked about he dominated Adoree Jackson. And now he had another stellar performance, in my opinion. C.D. Lamb finished his day with 97 yards, a fourth quarter touchdown in six catches out of eight targets. Now, what I like the most about C.D. Lamb's day was the moments that he had. It's not only that he had 97 yards, is that three of those catches came in one drive in three consecutive plays. That's a wide receiver taking over a game. It's like what we just saw from the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football with Mahomes targeting Travis Kelsey time and time again. I'm not saying CeeDee Lamb is Travis Kelsey or anything like that, 
Do not worry. Don't uh, let's not make this in, into a debate that we're not really having. But I'm just saying, CD Lamb is doing some wide receiver one things, and even though he had the drop, I think we need to acknowledge that. My question for me to you is: Do you agree or disagree that that's exactly what CD has been doing over the last couple of weeks? And I think it was even more notable, even more noteworthy on Sunday with defenses having to worry about Michael Gallup and defenses having to worry about uh, every other guy not named C.D. Lamb because it's a very different thing to have to worry about Noah Brown, the number two wide receiver, than having to worry about Noah Brown, the number three wide receiver, right? I'm excited about C.D. Lamb, and I will... I will, you know, admit that by halftime last Monday night when the Cowboys beat the Giants, I was thinking, you know what? I know that C.D. Lamb has the tools. I know that he has what it takes to be the number one wide receiver. But it cannot be all off-season hype. It needs to be shown on the field. And I was, as I'm sure the rest of Cowboys Nation was, I was absolutely pissed about... Lamb dropping that football. But that night, he dominated Adoree Jackson, who's been doing some legit things as a cornerback that shadows top receivers. And this time around, he put together a drive almost single-handedly because he had three catches and went for over 50 yards in that one. That drive ended in a score, by the way. And then on top of that, he gets that fourth-quarter touchdown by running a filthy route, selling the outside route, and then just cutting back into the inside and being wide open for a Cooper Rush that just had to pitch that football to number 88. Moving forward, CD Lamb is a legit number one wide receiver, and I think that the Cowboys Nation needs to give him that respect in spite of the drop. And I know it's difficult to move on from that one, uh, but the vast majority of plays see these dominating out there on the field. Let's see some of your comments here. Let's see if you guys agree or let's see if there's some disagreement. Toxic says agree. Feed, Lamp, Peter Rizzo agrees, Gregory as well. I thought that we were going to get some resistance on that one uh, because that drop was, was tough to, to deal with. Jessica Villarreal agrees on Facebook. Timothy says uh, consistency. Todd Cook says... I'm not sure he's a bona fide number one just yet. All right. Mark says that he is a number one without a doubt. This is CD's second best game. Let me see him keep going as a number one to 7-Eleven. I think that's also fair. Bruce says agree. Let's see. Tony Miles says yes, he has. Johnny says CD needs to show me against the Rams. It's going to be a fun game. Jalen Ramsey is a good cornerback for sure. And the, and the Rams are still a very legit football team. Let's see. It is too early to get excited yet because we haven't played anyone yet. Nickel, uh, that, that's from Joe watching from Italy, I assume. Clemente says, Cooper Rush is doing very good. We need more 12 personnel, though. We didn't get to see a lot of 12 personnel today, and I was surprised by that. But I also think that there were some times, and of course, when we go back into the film and and really study this game, we'll find out more stuff. But just from watching it live, 
I thought that at, at times the Cowboys were running out of 11 personnel, and I was just excited about the Cowboys getting friendlier looks running out of 11 personnel. Because now you got to respect the weapons available to the Cowboys instead of in the previous weeks when, as a defense, you could leave by letting Noah Brown beat you. And I am excited about Noah Brown. I think that he has done a, a, a surprising job. I think that he has exceeded expectations now that he's been asked to step up for the Cowboys, right? But I would say that as as an, if I were an opposing defense, I, I could live with that, with that mindset. Like, let Noah Brown beat my defensive backs. I cannot live with that mindset when on top of Noah Brown, I need to worry about C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup and, of course, Dalton Schultz, who is a very productive receiving tight end. Hmm. That's bait, Sal. You know that's bait. Your backup quarterback is more effective than your starting quarterback. That's bait. All right, we'll move on. We'll move on because that's bait. Uh, <laughs> who is your primetime performer of the win? Who was it? Let, let's see. Who is your primetime performer of the win? This is a tough one. You could go with a receiver. You could go with a defender. I think that I, I am very convinced of mine. But let me know in the comments who was your primetime performer of the week. And while you give me your answers and before I give you mine, let me talk to you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net because it's a new week and as such, there is a new ride of the week to talk about. We also have a new look going for the for, for the Freeman Mazda ride of the week. And now we're talking about the 2023 Mazda CX-5 2.5S. It starts at $28,570, comes with an all-wheel drive, Apple CarPlay slash Android Auto, the Wi-Fi hotspot, which is a game changer, adaptive cruise control, and a miles per gallon capacity of 24 in the city. That goes up to 30. When you are in the highway, make sure that you check out the CX-5 2.5S on FreemanMazda.net. You can check out the pictures of the vehicle in there, outside and inside. You can also check out a lot of stuff that's going on on FreemanMazda.net, including the potential of, you know, receiving an offer for your car. They want to take a look at your car. Uh, if, if you're looking for that, you can also check that out on FreemanMazda.net. And as always, remember that when you choose Freeman Mazda, you're choosing a lifelong partnership with your car dealer. Again, that is FreemanMazda.net. So who was your primetime performer of the game? Let's see some of your answers here. I see C.D. Lamb in there from Asmodeus. I see Gallup from El Tino. I see Wilson there mentioned by Gregory. Dan Queens is Toxic Tom, but I like the majority answer. I, I will be honest with you. I like that one. So, I'm the winner is... Give me Trevon Diggs. He allowed one catch, two forced incompletions, and one interception. That's according to Pro Football Focus. But it, those are not only two forced incompletions. Think about the moments in which they happened. Those were some high leverage situations for Trevon Diggs. You had one in the end zone. You had one in fourth down for Carson Wentz and company. Trevon Diggs is looking better 
than he did in 2021. I think we can say that after three weeks. Now, they faced Tom Brady and Joe Burrow, even if they faced them at some struggling times. But I think that when we talk Trevon Diggs, when we talk the Cowboys starting cornerback, we're talking about a player that's looking better in coverage, that maybe is taking fewer risks. But the best part about him is that he's still getting the takeaways. He already has two of them, and he's been very close to having a few more. Think about last week versus the Giants. He almost had two more, as we discussed on primetime. Trevon Diggs, this might be his best game yet, I believe, uh, honestly. Uh, not the first time that he owns Trey McLaurin, by the way. So he's winning that divisional rivalry for sure. I need to go with Trevon Diggs as my uh, primetime performer of the game. Toxic Tom says, Diggs just needs to learn how to tackle. My only knock on him. And I agree with that. Uh, and we've been, and I think that Cowboys Nation in general has been pretty critical of Trevon Diggs' tackling. However, I will say in his defense, he's shown some good stuff in that department too. He ended the Bengals game with a big time tackle in the open field, right? Dix is doing his thing, says Rita, and stepping up at the most needed times. I agree with that. But Trevon Dix, he's looking like an even better cornerback in coverage. And he already has two interceptions. So I'm not entirely sure how much he's sacrificing in order to look better in coverage. Uh, maybe he's just being smarter about his opportunities. Maybe he's just being less aggressive in seeking out those opportunities. That's one of the players that I also want to dive into when the tape comes out. Back of my cornerback, Michael, says Sam Monroe. He's a cover corner. No need to tackle. There you go. There you go. Uh, but I'm excited about him taking that next step and maybe figuring out that perfect blend of aggressiveness slash just being smart, you know? Anyways, before we get out of here, before we uh, get out of here to keep enjoying our Sunday, our victory Sunday for the Cowboys, I want to introduce a new segment for primetime. And I will be doing this on the game day shows that we get. So you guys know that primetime is on every Sunday through Thursday night, except when they play on primetime. Because when they play on primetime, you get the game day show with Skywalker Steel. And, of course, former Cowboys wide receiver Jesse Hawley here on this channel. Uh, but when the Cowboys do not play at night, we will do this segment, which is called the Heck Yeah List. This will be some bullet points uh, that maybe we won't get into with a full topic or a full segment on that day, but still topics that we want to touch on before we get out of here and some players that deserve a, a round of applause, you know, I think that just uh, uh, fair is fair. And in my first heck yeah list, and by the way, uh, drop yours as well. What's on your on your heck yeah list? Let me know in the chat. On mine, let me start off by talking about 
Deron Bland, the rookie, the fifth round rookie. That was a tall task. That was a tall task for number 26. It's not like, listen, it's not like Deron Bland had a week of preparation. He, he didn't. It happened in the pregame warmups. Jordan Lewis got injured, and it was a groin injury, according to reports. And a matchup that we discussed earlier this week was Jordan Lewis versus Curtis Samuel, who coming into this game was the most targeted receiver for the commanders. And then suddenly, Jordan Lewis cannot go. And he's suited up. He's on the sidelines without a helmet. And we're thinking, did he, did he just get benched? But he didn't. It was actually an injury. Deron Bland is asked to come into the game. He wasn't the only one getting those reps. We saw a lot of Israel Mukwamu, for example. But Deron Bland even gets the interception towards the end of the game. So that's on my heck yeah list. One of the biggest preseason standouts translating his success into the regular season. You got to be excited about Bland. He's got to be on that list. Uh, who else? The defensive tackles. You know, I could talk about one in specific, but I think that wouldn't be fair. Tristan Hill made plays. Neville Gallimore had a sack in which he went untouched. Once more, Dan Queen doing his thing, setting up a defensive front to confuse the offensive line. Leighton Vanderish walks up to the line of scrimmage right before the snap, and the center slides towards him with Neville Gallimore having the fastest path to the quarterback available to him, the A-gap, just completely untouched. So, so Neville Gallimore made some plays. Quinton Vohana as well. I hope that he's okay. We'll hear more about that in the next 24 hours, hopefully. Quinton Vohana could be a big blow for the Cowboys' defense if he misses any sort of significant time because, as we have discussed, that's the only nose tackle on the Cowboys' roster. Carlos Watkins is in the practice squad. You could call him up. But overall, that's a, that's a big blow to the Cowboys' defense for sure. And lastly, on my heck yeah list, Donovan Wilson. You know, Donovan Wilson is one of those players that we know that he is legit. We know that he's been a very decent player for the Cowboys in the past few years. But when he, when players like that start putting together this rise in which they start getting national media attention, Donovan Wilson was ranked as the second best safety in the league by NFL.com just a few days ago. When, when we start hearing about that, we start wondering if it's just a hot streak for a player or not. But, you know, we are four weeks into the season and Donovan Wilson has been killing it. So he needed to be on that list once more. He made plays. He made plays even getting some pressure in this time around. Not only uh, with his tackling and with, and with his coverage, there was that deep shot that Carson Wentz took and that we were wondering if they were going to call that flag. But Donovan Wilson being pretty smart about it, turning it to the football, extending one hand, 
refs or not, are going to throw a flag in that sort of situation. Shout out to Donovan Wilson. He needs to be on that list. He had yet another standout performance. The safety did. You know, when we talked about being comfortable at safety with Malik Hooker and, you know, Jaron Kears, who has been missing some significant time, unfortunately, turned out to be legit hype. And a huge part of that is Donovan Wilson. Billy says, we've got a few guys like, we've got guys like Bland, Mukwamu, Jabril Cox, and a few others that are going to be a big part of the future for this defense. I thought that it was noteworthy, by the way, that Jabril Cox was active and Devin Harper was inactive. Remember that in the first couple of weeks, that wasn't the case. Jabril Cox was the inactive one. And then in week three, he makes his season debut, but that's with Luke Gifford being injured. Injured. So now th this was the first game that the LSU product was active with a healthy linebacker room. I thought that was pretty, pretty noteworthy from the inactives list. Tony Miles is Jordan Lewis. Number six is a badass as Gilbert. I, I, I agree. Oh, Russell says, who got hurt? I missed that. Jordan Lewis did. And, and the reason why we missed that might be because, uh, and, and some people might have missed that uh, and might not hear about that until tomorrow, for example, because it was weird. At times, I felt like Jordan Lewis was in there because that he was wearing number 26 and he was playing nickel cornerback, right? So it was a weird experience. Uh, there were at least two snaps in which I kind of had to realize who's 26 is that Lewis and then you know oh no it's that the wrong bland because that's the number that he wore and maybe we missed that too because and, and some people missed that because it, it happened in the pre-game warm-ups so it wasn't like he got injured in an actual play we'll see how serious that is when when some more info comes out toxic tom this is super valid he says i would add tyler smith as well Yet another good game from Tyler. He keeps he keeps doing his thing at left tackle. And I'm not sure that we can that we can doubt anymore the decision to play him at left tackle. Honestly, we can talk about the best group of five and all of that, but right now I'm I'm good with them sticking with him at tackle. And of course, that's what they will do. We know that by now. But he's been justifying that decision week in and week out. Cooper Clutch, 4-0 as he starters is Nicholas. Definitely worthy of being on the heck yeah list. The backup quarterback plays is Nicholas. A lot of people also talking about Deron Bland. Eltino says that he's going to be tough to get off the field. Maybe that's the case. Maybe that is the case. Uh, you know, Jordan Lewis, I think that he has not been a weakness but we were talking about that 15 targets, 13 receptions allowed on Thursday night. So maybe that's something that we need to look into a little bit deeper. Peter Rizos says Neville Gallimore. I like that. Donovan Wilson says Asmodeus. Billy Renfro says we've got guys like uh, the Ron Bland. That's a comment that we were mentioning before, I think. Is Dak playing next week? Says Chevy Lee. We don't know. That's the truth. We don't know if he's playing next week or not. I'm not sure that we'll know until game day, honestly. 
Do you remember that week, that, that weekend heading into the Vikings game? That was not fun at all when we really had no clue if he was going to go or not. And we were legitimately waiting for the inactives to come out. I think, I think we might get a similar situation this time around versus the Rams, honestly. Kellen Steele needs more balance, says Bruce. Yeah, among, among a lot of other things, I, I, I think. Uh, among those, do not run into loaded boxes. That's what we don't want to see. Toxic Tom says, also, Brett Maher has been steady thus far. He has. And not only is he a legitimate kicker, he is a tackler. You know, when they blocked that, that extra point, Brett Maher made that tackle without any hesitation. But all kidding aside, Maher has been, has been surprisingly steady. I agree. One more comment before we get out of here. Nicholas says, I'm okay with him sitting until after the bye. Rush has full control of this offense and the way the defense is playing like we just need to put up 20 points. But I'm not sure that will be the case versus Sean McVay's Rams. I'm not sure that will be the case against the 4-0 Eagles. When Dak Prescott is healthy, he comes back. Period, man. I, I think we, need, we don't need to overthink this one. You're not going to rush him back. So say that the say things wouldn't have worked out with Cooper Rush. Say that the Cowboys would be maybe one and three at this point. You need to win because one and three teams rarely make it into the playoffs. Maybe then you consider rushing him back. But since you're sitting at a comfortable three and one record, you just wait for him to be ready. And if that happens in week five, so be it. Let him play. Let him go out there and play. Uh, I think I think you don't rush him back, but also you don't push him until after the bye week just because. That is week 10, man. And you're playing tough teams over the next few weeks. It's not like the Cowboys offense is looking like a top-tier one right now. I think that when he's ready to come back, he will. And I think that might happen in week six versus the Eagles. I would be surprised if it happens versus the Rams. Seems to be a possibility based on the comments. But also, you know, the Cowboys might be keeping their cards close to their chest. Remember that they did not place him on injured reserve. And that's important because he would have to, if they had placed him on IR, he would have had to miss four weeks right? This is the fourth game since Dak Prescott's injury. The Rams will be. So just based on those timetables, you could say that the Cowboys were hoping to get him back for the Rams game. Now, will that happen or not? We don't know. And of course, they also wanted him to be available to practice whenever he could get to practice. So we'll see. We'll see in the meantime, though. I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central, as we do every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central. I hope that you guys enjoy the second half of Sunday night football. Hope that you guys tune in to tomorrow's Skywalker Steel Show. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your comments. Thank you to Timothy for your comment and all of you. Oh. 
I don't want Dak to come back against Aaron Donald, says Bruce. Not exciting. Not an exciting proposition. I agree with that. But hey, this Cowboys offensive line deserves some, some respect, right? Shout out to Eltino, to Asmodeus, to all of you guys who are watching the show. Do me a favor. Hit the like button. That's the biggest thing that you can do to help out the show when it takes about one second. Hit that thumbs up. Maybe it takes two seconds if you don't know where the like button and you need to look for it. But even that, come on. Do me that favor. Hit the like button. Share the stream and I will see you tomorrow night. Primetime was presented to you by FreemanMazda.net. Make sure you check that out. Nos vemos mañana, el lunes. Adiós.